Hallelujah. Turn with me, if you would, please, in your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 1. Amen. We've had a wonderful service so far. Really appreciate that team and all their hard work. It reminds me of the days where I was in a choir and I would travel and I had my own group. Did you know that, Taylor? We called it... No, seriously, you've been, why are you mocking me? We had, we had our own group. It was called Suite 4. S-U-I-T-E, like a, host, like a hotel suite. And there were four of us, and we did four-part a cappella harmony. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, yeah. I was Tanner. Yep, I was the star. <laughs> and I'm reminded of those days as I'm sitting listening, and I thought, you know what? Next Christmas, Taylor and I, we're going to find two other victims. We're gonna do we're gonna do a four-part harmony a cappella special. Okay. Taylor, don't start researching while I'm preaching, but you better start this afternoon. We're gonna need a whole year to prepare. Okay, none of this two-month stuff. It's gonna take us 12 months to prepare. Would, the, would you come? Would you invite a friend if I did that? See, I have to manipulate you to do something to invite a friend. Luke, Luke chapter two, please. That was just such wonderful music. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate our team and what their effort that they've made. And the Bible says in Luke, sorry, did I say chapter 2? I'm in chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Can you have a look at Luke chapter 1, please, in verse 26? And it says, in the sixth month. Now, what sixth month is that? Well, if you read before, you would see that the angel Gabriel came to Zacharias and uh, said, you're going to have a baby. And he's old and his wife is barren. And he says, uh, the, the, the Passion Translation translates it as, as when he responded to the angel, he said, how do you expect me to believe that? That's what the Passion Translation says. The King James says it a little bit differently. But if you look at most other translations of the Greek, he said, how do you expect me to believe such a story? And then he was struck dumb where he couldn't speak. Why was he struck dumb? Because God knows that if he tells you something and you don't believe it, that what out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If there's doubt in your heart, there'll be doubt in your words. And what your mouth says, you know, you'll have. You have what you say. Right? As a man thinketh in his heart and speaks with his mouth, so is he. And so God didn't want this plan aborted because Zacharias couldn't believe. And so he struck him dumb so that he couldn't undo the plan of God. But notice he didn't struck Elizabeth dumb because Elizabeth could believe. And then we see she's six months pregnant. She takes the first five months in secret. Uh, and she says in the previous verse, God has removed the reproach that I've been reproached among men. Because as a barren person, you were considered to be second-class citizen. You were considered to be literally a, a shame in, this, in the community. It was a, a stigma for women to be barren. And so for the first five months, she was alone saying, Lord, you've taken my reproach away. And then we pick up verse 26. And in the sixth month of her pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus, that name that we just saw in the video that contains every one of God's names, the most powerful name in history. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. 
and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, notice she didn't say what Zechariah said. You expect me to believe that? She just said, how, is this, how can this be since I don't know a man? That's a fair question. She didn't say she doesn't believe. She's just saying, I don't have a man, so how can this be? Do I, shouldn't I get married first? And the angel answered her, verse 35, and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee it shall be called the Son of God. And behold, now watch now. Are you listening? God showed me I'm preaching a Christmas service, but it's not as Christmassy as it normally is. But it's from a Christmas verse. But he gave me a message for you, which I've never preached before. I've never heard anybody else preach it before, but he dropped it and downloaded it into my heart. And he said, I want you to share this with the congregation. So I want you to notice here that immediately he gives her a divine connection. Her cousin Elizabeth. Watch what the angel says. And behold, he didn't have to tell her, but he told her, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I'm telling you, you're going to have a baby without a man. As impossible as that sounds, don't worry. God's already done it with your, with your cousin. Yeah. Not by the Holy Ghost, but it was impossible because she was barren. You see, he's talking of the same kind of a miracle. Not the same, but similar. In the same family of miracles. Do you understand? Of course, Zacharias and her are like a normal man and woman. With Mary, it was just with the Holy Ghost, right? It was just a supernatural conception. Immaculate, they call it conception. But the point is, it was a miracle because Elizabeth was barren and she was old. Even if she was young, she was still barren. She's got two things working against her. God done a miracle for her, the cousin. And he's saying, listen, God's going to do a miracle for you. And by the way, he's already done it for your cousin. You sure you're not the only one? There's somebody else that's going to help you believe. There's somebody else that's going to encourage your faith during this time. Amen. See, God doesn't leave us alone, Jenny. Amen. When he asks us to do something, he puts people in our life to encourage us. Amen. He never asks us to do it and then leave us alone. Amen. Some people think that he does because your parents might have left you alone or somebody might have hurt you or failed you or abandoned you. But God, when he asks you to do something, he always divinely connects you because he knows you have to have that divine supply, that connection and that encouragement for you to walk out the plan of God. And he did it by giving her her cousin. For with God, verse 37, nothing shall be impossible. And now watch Mary's response. And Mary said, unlike Zacharias, Mary says, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. She didn't say, how do you expect me to believe that? I don't believe that. She said, this is impossible. It's never happened ever before in the history of the human race. And it will probably, well, not probably, she might have thought it will probably never happen again. Well, it, of course it will never happen again. There's only one savior that's come. There's only one virgin that got pregnant. This is absolutely beyond impossible. But what does she say? Did she say like Zacharias? I don't, how do you expect me to believe that? No, she says, be it unto me. I receive it. I agree. What she's saying is I agree. I just, I don't understand how, but I agree. I agree, O oh Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. Now watch verse 39. A lot of people stop with verse 38. And they don't read verse 39. And this is what the Lord wanted me to bring emphasis to this morning. Verse 39 says, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. As soon as the angel talks to her, she packed her suitcase. Yeah, the Bible says she went in haste. 
She didn't take a couple weeks to think about it. Probably the same day it happened, she was packing and leaving. She went in haste to Elizabeth's house because the angel told her about Elizabeth that Elizabeth was about to get a, had got a miracle and it was growing inside of her. And when she came to pass, verse 41, when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. And she spoke out with a loud voice, Elizabeth did, and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? She doesn't even know she's going to be pregnant. She hasn't even told her that Gabriel spoke to her. Mary hasn't even told Elizabeth. The angel came and told me, I'm going to have the Savior. How would Elizabeth know? She just walked in the door and said, hi, Elizabeth. And the baby jumps in Elizabeth's womb and she starts to say, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come and visit me? She sang it by the word of knowledge. God showed her supernaturally that she was going to be the mother of the Lord. Now this shows us, I'm, I'm taking you on a little journey this morning. This shows us that Elizabeth was a spiritual woman that could flow in the gifts of the spirit. Pay attention. Her husband, by the way, she's not having much meaningful conversation with him because all he's doing is sign language. Give me a hot dog. I want extra ketchup. That's all he's got because he won't believe. But the wife, Elizabeth, is a woman of faith and she believes. I'm, I'm going to bring you, tell you why I'm telling you this in a minute, but I want you to pay attention. Elizabeth was a spiritual woman that could flow in the gifts. And that's a very important point because she's speaking out by the word of knowledge. And verse 44, for as low as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in the, my womb for joy. Now watch now, watch verse 45, it's so important. And blessed is she that believed. Mm. She's talking about Mary. Amen. Elizabeth is saying, blessed are you, Mary, that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. What is she saying in Dr. Dufresne's lingo? It'll all come to pass. Amen. She's saying, Mary, God bless you for believing everything God said he will perform. Yes. This is very important that you understand this. And I heard the Lord say, I want you to talk this morning briefly, short, and put, put up that title, please. The importance of divine preparation. Amen. Everybody talks about Mary believing. What we see there in verse, in verse, uh, where did she say it? 39. No, not 39. Who said that? That was my mother. She didn't read. <laughs> Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, Sue, is verse 38. Be it done unto me according to thy word. I agree. I believe. Now, Elizabeth just said she believed. And God's going to perform it. It will come to pass. But I want you to know, and a lot of people, they only talk about what Mary said in that I believe. But I want you to notice that there was something important that Mary had to do more than just believing. And in our Word of Faith group, there's a lot of emphasis on believe and speak right. But there needs to be more emphasis on prepare. Because you can believe, but without divine preparation, the plan of God won't, it will be stunted. It won't come to pass fully. Believing and speaking is one side of the coin, but there is a side called preparation. And I'm in that season and so are you and everything that God's asking you to do, you're in a season of preparation for really in some ways all your life. You never really end the season of preparation. Why? Because he's always got something new for you to do. 
if he if it was boring reverend dan and he gave you one thing and that's it you'd be in a season preparation you'd do it and then you'd then you'd be useless hopeless and you just sit there like a vegetable until you died but god always has more he always has increase he always has another assignment when you're faithful with this one he's got another one and when you're faithful with that one he's got another one i'm not just talking about ministers i'm talking about every person when he asks you to give in this thing, I want you to do this. Then he's got something else. When he asks you to witness to that person, then I've got something else for you. When he says, I want you to start this business, he's got something else for you. When he asks you ministry in the ministry of helps, he's got something else for you. There's always something greater that gives us hope in this life. Because there's always something more, there has to always be a season of preparation because all you know is what you're doing and you're not prepared for what's coming. So our life is one big continuous season of preparation to fulfill the plan of God as it expands. Are you with me? And a lot of people talk about Mary's faith, Jenny, but they forget that she prepared. A lot of people think, well, what did they prepare for? Angel said the Holy Ghost would come on her and she's asleep one night and he comes on her and she wakes up pregnant. And that's it. She can just do whatever she wants until the baby comes. No, no, no. If it was just that way, the Bible wouldn't tell us anything else. We'd have to assume that. But the Bible tells us that she did something very important. She spent three months, really all nine, but she spent the first three months, which are the most critical months, in a preparation mode. And where did she go? She went to Elizabeth's house. And so I want to just share with you some quick and simple thoughts, but I believe it will bless you because when the Lord gave this to me, like I said, I've never heard anybody preach along these lines before, but I heard the Lord say, there is a symbolic parallel to Elizabeth's house. And I said, what is that? And he said, Elizabeth's house represents the local church. That's what he said to me. Elizabeth's house represents the divine association. Elizabeth's house represents the divine connection. She, as soon as she heard about the assignment, she was with haste going to the divine association, which we would call the local church, where there is a spiritual supply for us. Because being around that, that atmosphere will protect you and develop you for your assignment. Are you with me? And so there's a few things that the Lord showed me of how this parallel works out. First of all, she went to a place. Remember, this represents in our lives those that are divinely associated with us in a divine connection, really like our church and like our pastor. And me, I have a pastor too. And you have a pastor. We all, no matter where we are in life and ministry, we all have somebody that we're divinely associated with and that we submit to and that we have to be around. Okay? And so the first item is that when she went to Elizabeth's house, she went to somebody that was older than her spiritually. Mary was 14. 14. These devils, these, these, these secular antichrist devils in the world that hate Jesus because there's an antichrist spirit. In fact, the guy that's going to rise up is called the antichrist because there's an antichrist spirit in the world. It hates Jesus. It hates the anointed one and his anointing. And those people there in the world have already tried to change history. It was called BC and AD. Now they've changed it to BCE. It was before the anointed one and his anointing, Christ. And then everything that happened after Jesus was called Adodomini. But now they change it because they hate Christ. So now they've called it the common era. They've now said it's before the common era. BCE is before common era. And then after the common era, ACE. 
And that's what society has done. What they've done is they're trying to remove the anointing from their history records. What they're trying to say is he's common. He's nothing but common. And he's not common. What we've just heard in that video, every name was given to him. What I'm trying to say is Jesus' arrival was so important, it split the history calendar of humanity. And even though they're trying to remove him, Jenny, they still can't, they still can't remove the fact that time started, the clock reset when he was born. They want to remove his name and now call it the common era instead of before Christ. But they can't deny the fact that when he came, Something changed in all of history. A clock was reset. It went zero, 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 zero when he came. And now we are thousands of years, 2,000 years and 21 beyond the time of his birth. It changed history. What I'm trying to say is this. Do you think that the most important event in human history, it was not Adam, it was not Moses, it was not the children of Israel with the 10 plagues, the most important action in history was Jesus. He split time. Do you think God would take something so important, Taylor, that that hinged all of humanity past, because his blood cleansed them in the past, and all the people in the future? Everything to do with the human race and the planet Earth hinged on Jesus coming. And God entrusted this incredibly important moment to a 14-year-old little girl. Can you fathom that? The preacher, who is Zacharias, who was a priest, who was in a vocational five-fold office, what we would call a pastor today. The preacher, the old man who knows all about the Bible, doesn't believe. Well, you expect me to believe that? God says, you're going to shut your mouth, and I'll shut it for you. Do you understand? The man, the ministry people are supposed to believe, they didn't believe. And yet this little girl... This little, sweet, innocent, virgin girl, the theologians call it, tell her that she was 14. She just has no sense to say, you expect me to believe that? And she just believes. And God placed the most important act of human history on her shoulders because she believed. But it wasn't only because she believed. It was because God knew she is going to position herself and prepare for this incredible event that will split time. And so he takes her to this house of her cousin. And remember, and remember the other cousin is the older man is so obviously their mothers must have had a big split. Do you understand? There was their mothers that had children. That's cousins. But one mother was much older and then had and then had Elizabeth. But Elizabeth's old. Mary's only 14. So the, the, there must have been a lot of year gap between the two mothers because Mary's mother would have been much, 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 much younger because Mary's only 14, but Elizabeth, the cousin, is old. But she goes to, I want to show you the parallel, she goes to somebody who is older than her, not just physically, but spiritually. Elizabeth has been around the things of God all her life. She's been in the temple all her life. Her husband is a pastor. 
Are you following me? And God will always, I'm bringing a parallel that I never saw before, Pastor Happy, but God showed it to me. He said, just like I prepared Mary for the greatest event of human history, I will prepare you, son. I will prepare my people in their individual lives for whatever the assignment that I've put on their life. And the, the assignments might be different, but the principles remain the same. God will always connect you to somebody older spiritually than you who knows the things of God better than you. It's important that Mary was around elder cousin Elizabeth who was a spiritual woman. It was important she was around spirituality in that season of preparation. Are you listening to me? Number two, it was somebody that was actually in the ministry. It wasn't just older spiritually. You can be around people that are older spiritually, but they're not called with an office. God placed her. Now, in the Old Testament, women couldn't be in offices. In the New Testament, they can because we're equalized. But in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king were only for the male. But, the, but even though the male who was in the office was the adult who didn't have any faith and who's now doing sign language. But the point is, I'm trying to show you a parallel here. Even though Elizabeth wasn't in an office, Elizabeth was more spiritual than Zacharias. But she was connected to them as a couple, and he stood in an office. Do you understand? He stood in an office, a five-fold ministry office. A lot of people say, well, I've got good Christian friends, and they're more spiritual than me. It's not the same if they don't occupy an office. Because you can't get everything you need from just your friend who may be more spiritually advanced than you. There's something in an office that is imparted to you that comes only from those offices. That's why Ephesians 4 said, I give gifts. I'm giving gifts. It's a gift to you. The pastor is a gift to you. There's something in that office that will impart to you to help you run your race, to help you be prepared for your assignment. So number one, Jenny, she went to somebody that was spiritually more mature. Number two, she went to somebody that was in an office. Between the husband and wife, they represent somebody in an office. Number three, God sent her to someone. And as I'm telling you the story of Mary, but you parallel it in your mind with the local church. Because that's how it applies. So I'm just giving you a history lesson. It applies to you. God sent her to somebody that was going in the same direction. Somebody that was experiencing the supernatural flow. Somebody that was believing for a miracle and had already received a miracle because she's pregnant. God will put you in a church that matches you. And if you're a spiritual person looking for miracles, God's not going to put you in a dead church. He's going to put you in a church that's in the same flow, going in the same direction, that's a little ahead of you because there has to be a leader there that knows what they're talking about. But the same kind of thing, you're believing for the supernatural, so am I. We're in the same boat. We're headed in the same way. I'm in the supernatural flow. I'm believing for a miracle. So are you. Let's hook up. I'll encourage you. That's how people come to church to be around that supernatural flow. Elizabeth was in that flow. Elizabeth had received a miracle and was in the process of receiving the miracle. And, and Mary needed to be around somebody that believed in miracles because she was experiencing something that no other woman had ever experienced. Other people had been barren and got pregnant, but nobody had ever been pregnant by the Holy Ghost. And so even though it was a lesser that Elizabeth had experienced than Mary, Mary, God still saw fit, Jenny, to put Mary around somebody that understood the miracle flow, yes. that understood, hey, God did it for me. He's going to do it for you. Yes. Praise God. Amen. So that's why it's important who you're connected with because you want to have somebody connected to you that's on the same flow. Yes. Number four, God put her with somebody that was more skillful and further ahead than her. Why? So that Mary could observe. Not just physically with the six months of pregnancy, 
But as I said, further ahead spiritually. But there's a natural component too. Mary could have said, how do you feel? Mary Elizabeth, talk to me, teach me. I'm new at this. This is very new to me. But you're further ahead than me. You're six months. I'm just at the beginning. Let me watch you. Let me talk to you. Let me observe you. Help me. Teach me. Teach me, Elizabeth. See, God will put people in your life that are there that you can watch. If you, I don't have time to this morning, but I have said it in previous sermons, but I'll have to give you a 30-second synopsis. If you look and you study very carefully, as I have in the New Testament, you will see that out of the five offices, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the teacher are all mentioned, of course, but the pastor's office has a descriptive quality that none of the other five have. And if you study it carefully in variety of scriptures in the New Testament and in the Greek language, you'll see that only the pastor's office is referred to as you are to watch their conduct, you are to watch their conversation, and you are to watch the outcome of their faith. It doesn't say that about the other offices. Why? Because the prophet, the apostle, they blow in, blow up, and blow out. They come, you put them on a pedestal, ooh, they're so amazing. But you don't get to watch them. Now, they are amazing, but you only see them when they let you see them in a pulpit and then they're gone. But the pastor has, is there whether he's in a bad mood or a good mood, whether he's fighting with his wife or not, whether he's, in a, whether he's happy or sad, whether things are going well or not. You see the pastor in a variety of scenarios. Why does God allow that? So that you can see a normal person facing normal life but responding spiritually and having victory it's easy for the prophet to have victory because you don't see them in normal life you put them on a pedestal but a pastor you go that guy's going the same thing that i'm going through he's going through hard times too he i see him all the time and in all manner of scenarios and if he can live a normal life and have victory i guess i can as well that's why God gives a pastor, that's why uh, it's, it's like the, you're married to the pastor. The, the finger, you know, the apostle is the foundation. The prophet is the one that points at you and yells at you. You know, the evangelist goes out the furthest and wins souls. And then the, the, the teacher is a little nitty gritty that gets in the nitty gritty. But the pastor is the ring finger because it's married to the church. You have a covenant with that pastor. You are watching and observing. That's why God sent her to Elizabeth. Because God said, I want you to watch someone. I want somebody that's spiritual and that's further ahead of you and that is more spiritual than you are and that's an office in a ministry office and that is in the miracle flow and that is believing for the same thing you're believing for. And I want you to be around and watch that person. I want you to be close to that person because by you watching them, you're going to get something, Mary, that you're going to need during this season. Do you see that? It's not just the Holy Ghost said, I'm going to overshadow you. And that was it. She went and partied for nine months. Not for the most important act of human history. There was something very important Mary had to submit to. And she did. I want you to see how it wasn't just that she believed. It's that she prepared. Where she was mattered to God. Are you listening? She was in the place where God assigned for that divine connection and association. And where you are in your life, it matters to God physically where you are. That's why I tell people, you're going to buy a house. You're going to go out of the city. You're going to take a job that's going to cause you to commute. Guard. Do all that you can to guard the relationship with the local church. Don't do anything that will cause you to stumble.
and quit on the local church because it's not just about the local church and about me and the vision that God's given me and I need your help. It's about you. It's about God needs you to be connected to somebody more spiritual, to connect it to somebody that's further ahead, to connect it with somebody in the miracle flow, to connect it with somebody that you can watch the conversation and conduct and outcome of their lives. It's for your sake that you come to church as well as for the kingdom's sake. Do you see that? I'm preaching better than they're saying amen, Jennifer. That's about to change. Number five, and maybe the most important out of the seven that I'm going to share with you is this, that God sent her to Elizabeth because there was a divine connection. Now watch this. When Elizabeth hears her voice, her spirit, the baby jumps, and she's filled with the Holy Ghost. Now we know it wasn't just the baby kicking. If it was just the baby kicking, she wouldn't have been filled with the Holy Ghost. But the fact that the baby leapt and she was filled with the Holy Ghost indicates, are you listening? Are you listening to me? When Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, Mary just came in the door and said hi. And as soon as she heard the voice, are you listening? She heard the voice. Elizabeth heard the voice. Her spirit man bore witness. Mary already knew that Elizabeth was the divine connection or she wouldn't have come. She knew it and she went quickly in haste to visit her cousin. And as soon as she walks in, Elizabeth has the bearing of witness and the jumping in her spirit. Listen to me. When God connects you to your divine association, when you're in the right church, your spirit man will know it. Your mind may not like the drive. It might not like the color of the carpet. You might stumble over this and somebody may offend you. But all of that aside, you look and your spirit knows. Your spirit moves. Your spirit, when it hears the voice, when I heard Dr. Dufresne's voice, I knew, my spirit knew I am to be connected. A few weeks after meeting him, we went to California to meet her. Because God said, you need a pastor. He didn't tell me it was her, but he said, you need a pastor. And I knew he wasn't one. And as soon as I heard her that Sunday morning preach, it was October, wasn't it, Jenny? No, it was September 2000, January. We'd already started the church, January 2009, I guess. But as soon as I heard Pastor Nancy's voice, my spirit moved within me. And I knew I'm divinely connected. When you're around somebody that's further ahead than you, that's more spiritual than you, that you can observe and be helped by, that is in that same miracle flow that you want to be in, you will be around somebody and your spirit will bear witness. Not only that, you'll be around, when there's that spiritual connection, let me tell you what happens. That person that you're connected to will engage in spiritual conversation with you. Did you notice, I won't read it all of it, but you can read it at home. There is a conversation between Elizabeth and Mary along, it goes right to verse 80, a long conversation in Luke chapter 1 between the two of them. Why? When you're divinely connected, not only does your spirit know it, but there's a communication between that divine association that is supernatural. You know, when I'm communicating to you, yes, it could be in the counseling room and you're talking to me, but your number one communication is right now on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. Because even though you're not communicating back to me other than your amen, I am divinely communicating to you from my office. Just like they had a divine communication and a bearing of witness. If you know that I'm your pastor, open your heart for the divine communications of God from the pulpit. Hallelujah. 
And in those divine communications, let me tell you, oh, remember that verse that I read you? And Elizabeth said to her, because you've believed, it shall be done. Remember? God will perform what he has promised you. What does, I am your Elizabeth. Are you with me? Are you catching the parallel? When I'm with Pastor Nancy, I might as well call her Pastor Elizabeth from now on. She's my Elizabeth. I'm your Elizabeth. When you're with somebody and there's a bearing of witness and there's spiritual communication, let me tell you, your Elizabeth will always confirm and establish and reinforce your faith and, and flow in the gifts of the Holy Ghost with you and for you. Because Elizabeth, by the gift of the word of knowledge, said, the mother of my Lord has come. And then said, and you believed. Mary hadn't even told her she believed. She knew by the gifts of the Spirit, and you believe, and I'm letting you know something, younger cousin, because you believe God is going to do exactly what he told you. See, your Elizabeth will reinforce faith in you. Your Elizabeth will come with the gifts of the Spirit and say, I'm going to preach with divine communication. There's a bearing of witness in our hearts that we're connected. Now let the gifts flow. Now let me confirm what's in your heart. And if you're getting off, let me correct you. Because your divine Elizabeth will keep you in the plan of God. And I wonder what would have happened to Mary if she hadn't have been with Elizabeth. What kind of attacks do you think the devil was planning? What kind of attacks on her mind? She is the mother of the savior of the universe. And she's 14 without life experience. Don't you think there are hordes waiting? Angels dispatched to hold them off. But she needed somebody with flesh on to say, I love you, don't you quit. I'm in the miracle flow with you. I'm further ahead. I'm in an office. We know we're connected. Now I'm going to speak by the Spirit. I'm going to encourage and reinforce your faith. What God said he will perform. Amen. That's why you come to the place of your Elizabeth. Church is the place of the Elizabeth. You come to be re-instructed and recharged and reinforced to say, don't you be discouraged. The miracle plan for your life will come forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've never heard anybody preach this before, Jenny. But God downloaded that to me. Early this morning. I didn't even know what I was preaching last night. But late, late, early morning hours, and then when I woke up again, he just started saying, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He just downloaded and said, tell them, your, the promise of life is there, Elizabeth. If they want to fulfill their plan, they have to get around it. I said, Lord, they are around it. They're going to be present. They're here. But you reinforce its value in their life. This is not just church as a religious action. If you think that you've so missed the boat, I just go because I went as a kid and I have to go. I feel guilty and, you know, I do, I do love God. And I want to honor him. But that's, it's so much more than that. There's a divine. There's spiritual language spoken. There's gifts in operation. There's reinforcements of to let you know that the plan of God is going to come to pass. There's your ability to observe my life as a regular person and see that faith does work. Yes. For you to watch and to learn for me to be in that same miracle flow as you, but a little bit further ahead. This is a divine supply that, that Mary had from God. Number six, praise God. Luke 16, 10 says, unless you are faithful in little, you will never be ruler over much. Now listen to me, I'm almost done, so just stay with me. You're doing pretty good today. I guess all that music lulled them to, into a sense of peace, Taylor. Normally they're up in arms by this point. 
but your music helped today. Thank you, brother. Let me tell you this. In light of eternity and a billion Christians on the planet and hundreds of thousands of churches operating right now, our church and our mantle and our anointing, as important as it is for us, is pretty low on the totem pole in terms of the global church. Are you with me? The global church right now in 2021, December 19th, compared to all the churches and all the believers that have lived since the time of Jesus, is also pretty low on the totem pole in terms of 2,000 years of Christianity. Are you listening to me? So, if God would tell me as a, compared to the global, eternal and the things of God, which Jesus' ministry was global and eternal. Yeah. Mine is very insignificant. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. It's important to us, but I'm talking about if you compare us to the kingdom of God over 2,000 years, we're small potatoes. Okay? Now, if God, listen to me, I'm trying to get to a point with you. If God for me in this mantle and in this anointing saw that this verse and Luke 10, 16, 10, and 16, 12. 16, 10 says, if you're not faithful in little, you'll never be ruled over much. And verse 12 says, if you're not faithful in another person's, you'll never be given your own. Now, if God, in our deal, being pretty small in the eternal things, saw fit to say, I'm going to have you serving that mantle from the time you stepped foot from Africa onto these soils. I'm going to have you serve the other pastors. I'm going to have you serve little things, insignificant things that you feel are beneath you. Because there's a law in operation. If you don't be faithful in little, he cannot, you can get it in the flesh, but he's not involved in that. And you'll have sorrow. I know lots of people that have promoted themselves in the flesh by just hard work, but God wasn't in that. And it causes a grief to them. Their health suffers. They do everything for money. So I watched my dad working 16-hour days, six days a week. Yes, he was a multimillionaire, but, you know, he lost most of it. He didn't know how to be led by the Spirit. He wasn't born again. His health suffered. His marriage suffered. His children suffered. All of that loss, including the money. Are you following me? So what I'm trying to say is you've got to learn to be faithful in little And in another man's, if God, not just your own strong work ethic, but if God is going to promote you. Because when God promotes you, you won't lose it. When you promote yourself, you'll lose it. I saw it with my father. Let God promote you. Let God make you rich. He'll add no sorrow with it. Now, if a tiny, what we're tiny compared to eternity and all of Christendom, Dan, and if God would say to me, even in the small capacity that we have, you've got to for years, 17 years, you've got to for years serve another man. You've got to for years serve that mantle before you can get it yourself. You've got to do the little things in order for me to promote you into the bigger things. If God would do that principle and that law for us, are you with me? How much more on the greatest event of human history Jesus coming as a baby. The greatest responsibility anyone's ever had is Mary. And if God did that law of Luke 16, 10, and 12 in me, who's nothing, how much more do you think that applied to her? On the most important event ever. You think God bypassed those laws for Mary? No, my brother and sister. If God makes the little peons like us submit to those laws, he makes the big cheese like Mary submit to those laws. And what were those laws? Be faithful and little. And I'll make you serve another man. 
so you can get your own. And so the last two, number six and seven, that the Lord said to me is, it was important, it was actually critical that Mary went to Elizabeth's house to serve her. Because without being faithful in the little, God, she didn't qualify for the greatness of the plan for her life. What do you think Mary, I mean, her husband can't even talk. They're not having meaningful conversations. Okay, he's busy. He's still working even though he's mute. She's a woman. She's six months pregnant. What do you think Mary, who's 14 years old, is doing? You think she's got her feet up and saying, Elizabeth, make me a grilled cheese. She is washing her clothes. She is, she is taking, they didn't have flush toilets. She's taking out and dumping that stuff. She is giving her foot massages like every married woman does. When she craves pizza, she's going down to Domino's and she's ordering the pizza. I'm sure they had pizza back then, but anyway, I'm just saying, they're not Domino's, but they had something. The point is, Mary is serving her woman of God. The one who's ahead of her in ministry, the one who's more spiritual, the one who's in the miracle flow, the one who's in an office, the one who God has connected to do, the one who flows in the gifts, the one who speaks words of affirmation. What do you think Mary was doing? Just sitting around making her serve her? She's the older lady, the barren miracle pregnancy who is now six months pregnant. And she is there serving her in little insignificant ways. Are you listening to me? So every one of you in ministry of helps, you better remember what I'm saying. Because I bet you the devil would put the thought in Mary's mind. You're bigger than her. You hold the Savior. She just holds a prophet. You hold God. She's nothing compared to you. You don't have to serve her. Make her serve you. But that's not the way of God. The way of God is a servant shall become the greatest of all. And God said, no, don't you swell your head where your hat won't fit, Mary. You are a great assignment, but I want you to serve her. Yes. Are you with me? Amen. And then lastly, verse 12, it says, be faithful in other man's so that you can get your own. Did you notice how long Mary stayed with Elizabeth? The Bible says she stayed with her three months. Did you notice when she came to Elizabeth? Elizabeth was six months pregnant. Six plus three equals nine. How long are you pregnant for? Nine. What does that mean? Mary stayed till the birth. What was Mary doing? Cousin Elizabeth, I'm here for you, sweetheart. I'm here for you. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you. I'm going to be with you to the end. That little miracle is coming out and I'm going to be the first one to touch him and I'm going to hand him to you. She was there until the miracle, are you listening, came forth. God used Mary to help bring to pass the miracle of her spiritual mother so that God could bring the miracle forth in Mary's life because unless you serve another man, you can't have your own. And listen, you're here serving the, you're bringing, you're helping bring forth this miracle at Promise of Life, this move of God, this international work, this domestic work. You're bringing forth, you're helping serving another man's vision to bring forth some things. But don't be discouraged because the assignment God has for you, because you're serving another man, it'll come to pass for you. Because you're divinely connected with a spiritual supply in this church, your assignment will come forth. Some of you say, well, I've wasted years and I've missed my opportunity, Pastor Craig. Not with God, you haven't. Not with God, you haven't. People may say, you're done for, you're useless, you've missed it, but not God. 
No matter how old you are, no matter how many times you've missed it, if you'll just go to him and say, Father, I'll just believe anything you say, and I'll do what you say, and I'll prepare how you say, and I'll be divinely connected. Give me an assignment for my life. Yes, I know I'm connected, and I'm helping that local church, but Lord, what do you want me to do? Is there somebody you need me to, is there a business you need me to start? Is there somebody I need to win to the Lord? Is there a prayer assignment I have for me? What is my assignment? Not just my job, but what is my assignment? Because when you get to heaven, Jesus could give a hooey about your PhD. You're not judged on your education. You're not judged on your wealth or whether you drove a Chevy or a BMW. You're not judged on how big your house is or what neighborhood. You're not judged on anything in the natural realm. You people think they're all highfalutin. That's great for this life. I want everybody to be highfalutin. But when you get to heaven, you will not be judged on the letters behind your name or how much money you had. You will be judged on what you did for the kingdom of God in the earth and specifically who God assigned you to in your journey on the earth, which is called the local church. You'll be judged for what you do at Promise of Life. I mean, I'm not just saying that narcissistically. You'll be judged for what you do for the kingdom, but the kingdom is broad. The kingdom locally is this church where he assigned you. There were many people that were pregnant at that time, but he assigned her to Elizabeth. There's many pastors, but if God assigns you to one, your spirit will leap. You'll know it. They'll be further ahead. You'll be able to watch their conduct and be encouraged. They'll be in the miracle flow. They'll be in the office that you need impartation. You'll be able to serve them. Little things help bring forth their miracle. You'll have divine gifts operating, spiritual conversations moving, and divine reinforcement because your Elizabeth, your pastor, will speak things into your heart. And it's so critical, Jenny, to fulfill your assignment. If God would have me do it and we're nothing compared to the eternal realms of God, how much more do you think, Mary, the biggest assignment in the history of humanity, God did not bypass laws just for her. He picked her, Sandra, because he saw a heart. He said, she will believe and she will prepare. And she is humble enough to serve. And she is humble enough to be faithful. And now I can bring forth from her what no other woman has, has had the privilege of bringing forth. Don't forget, it wasn't just Mary's faith. It was her preparation. And her preparation represents your season of preparation for your assignment. None of our assignments will ever be as big as Mary's. But whatever my assignment is, it's important to the kingdom of God and I'll be judged for it. Whatever your assignment is, it's important to the kingdom of God and you'll be judged for it. Some of you, God is anointing you to make, to make money so that you can help fund this revival. Maybe you will hardly win any, any souls. Maybe you'll hardly ever come to a prayer meeting. Maybe you'll never do administration or anything like that. Maybe you'll never lead, but you're anointed to make money. And that's your assignment for this plan. If that's it and you don't get hooked up with your Elizabeth, it'll get aborted. Some of you are not anointed to make money. You tithe and give, but you're anointed to pray. You're anointed with an assignment to intercede and birth this revival. And you may never give big, big amounts. But that's your assignment. If you don't stay connected with your Elizabeth, that'll get aborted. Are you listening to me? Some of you are anointed to be soul winners. You may not really give that much other than your tithes and offerings, and you may not really pray that much, but there's just something on you that you're just bold as a lion, and everywhere you go, you're inviting people and winning souls. If we don't have people like that, the church doesn't grow. 
Everybody should pray, but some have an assignment. Everybody should give, but some have an assignment. Everybody should evangelize, but some have an assignment. And if you don't stay hooked up close with your Elizabeth, that assignment will get aborted. I'm I'm speaking by revelation this morning because I've never heard anybody preach this, Jenny. I've never heard the sermon in my life. Pastor Nancy once alluded to, you know, Mary went and hung out with somebody that, that, that she needed to be around that miracle flow with. But that's all I've ever heard, one statement. And I said, and that wouldn't leave me. That wouldn't leave me. That wouldn't leave me. And I said, Lord, why does this not leave me? And he said, because I want you to preach about that Christmas morning. I said, but that's just one statement. I don't know what else it means. And he said, I'll show you what it means. And he started listing out seven points to me. And he said, now, I know, I know it's kind of unusual, but if Mary hadn't have done that, I don't know if the assignment would have come forth the same way. She had to be connected. She couldn't be a lone ranger, a lone sheep being plucked out by the wolf. There was safety in that anointing on Elizabeth, even Dumbo over there who can't speak. You know what I'm saying? But he's still in office. And while he's communicating by writing and by sign language, he's still watching over Mary. He's protecting her. He's communicating with her through nonverbal means. Elizabeth is enforcing and loving and strengthening her. Don't worry, my sister. It'll all come to pass. You've got the king of kings on the, all I got is a prophet. Look what you've got. You shouldn't be serving me, Mary. I shouldn't be serving you. No, no. Cousin Elizabeth, you sit there. Let me serve you. The way up with God is down. And she did that for three solid months, gave the birth, had the birthing experience, and then hightailed it home. Hooked up with her husband, who now had to marry her and was going to put her away. Right? She had some stuff to do. Joseph, get out of your mind. Get into your spirit. I didn't cheat on you. It was God. Then they have to take that long journey, and then there's no Hampton Inn that will take them. And then they got shepherds and then two years and then wise men and then Egypt. What an adventure. Elizabeth had, uh, Mary had a lot on the docket. But you notice how God started the whole thing? Get with your divine supply. Somebody who knows the miracle flow. You want your divine supply? Stay with who your spirit leaps. You know. Get out of your mind and offended with this person and offended with that. And I don't like two services and I don't like the color of the carpet and I don't like that. And they haven't done the parking lot. And it, I almost fell last week. And I need to go find a church that has a parking lot that's finished. And get out of your mind and get into Does the spirit bear witness? Stay with your divine connection. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I bless this congregation, those watching, those present. Lord Jesus, you showed me something so precious that Elizabeth was her divine association, her church, her pastor, her divine aid in that important critical three months. Lord Jesus, I believe, it doesn't say it in the Bible, but I believe with all my heart that you actually overshadowed Mary in Elizabeth's house. And that's where Jesus was conceived, not in her hometown, but in Elizabeth's house. Because Lord, when we're around the divine supply for our life, you put things in us. And when she was around her Elizabeth, you put something in her, the holy seed that turned into Jesus. Lord, it was so critical that she was not just in faith, but that she was rightly connected and positioned. Lord, let these people catch it today. That yes, it's the vision of promise of life has to go forward and they bring a precious supply for that, but it's more than that. The vision for their life, their assignment, they need to be connected to their Elizabeth, to their supernatural flow of supply in order for their assignment not to be aborted. I want their assignments to come forth. 
some in finance, some in evangelism, some in prayer, some in leadership. Lord, there's so many assignments on their lives, not just their careers, but what they're assigned for the kingdom because they'll be judged and rewarded for the kingdom's work, not just their job. Lord, the assignments on their life for the kingdom, let those come forth and let them stay connected to me there, Elizabeth, as I stay connected to Pastor Nancy, my Elizabeth. And I thank you, Father, for it. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. Thank you for living. Thank you for rising. Thank you for bringing me into your family.